to the Daily Regrounding Podcast, a space where together we can step into and steep in the natural world around us. Through interviews with experts in life, health, and business, as well as some solo regrounding riffs, we'll create mindful moments and deep breaths, allow for perspective and pause, and ultimately feel more connected and deeply content. I am your host, Meredith Ewanson. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited to have an old dear friend of mine, Caitlin Hill. She is the founder of CNC Consulting. She's worked with a vast array of creatives to help elevate and amplify their businesses. Her firm focuses on interior design sector, especially as Caitlin has a strong understanding of the many nuances of this market. Caitlin's bespoke approach and edited eye marries process with beauty and execution to deliver her clients with meaningful change to bolster their business. Welcome, Caitlin. So happy to chat with you today. Thank you, Meredith. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So for those who maybe don't know Caitlin or I or the two of us very well, we actually went to college together. Um, We were roommates my senior year, her junior year, and we lived in a house called Treehouse, which was in the middle of the woods. And I'm pretty sure actually the first time that I went and ventured out and sort of explored the woods around our house was with you. I feel like that was something that you kind of just did. I don't know if that was like growing up in Rhode Island around the woods that that felt really natural to you. But for me growing up in Chicago, like I didn't just walk outside and and go wander into nature. So I feel like you were the first person of our roommates that like took me with you and just went for a nature walk. Do you remember that? Do you remember doing that? That's so funny. I'm definitely having some very nostalgic, uh, memories but yes I do I do remember that and gosh what a house what a property there's could be a lot a lot could be said there but um I do remember that and I remember I think that was kind of our aside from sailing together and the sailing team I think that sort of bond that connection was something that you and I had together and I remember you know coming to see you in your room and you'd be journaling and um you know loved writing and I think, yeah, foraging in those woods was really fun. Super Still fun. Still love good forage. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like I, what I've always admired about you is that you don't overlook the opportunity to indulge in a little bit of adventure. Where do you get that from? Like, where does your reverence, your natural inclination towards nature come from? Is that a childhood experience? Is that how you grew up? Yeah, I think... Um, it will, interestingly, interestingly, I will say, I think this podcast came at a really good time or coincidental time because I find myself craving more of that now more than ever. Um, but I would credit my childhood for my reverence for nature. You know, I think, and I really am indebted to my parents for kind of cultivating like this very idyllic childhood where we would be outside in the backyard or our neighbor's yard until dinner time. And I think it kind of forces you to be really creative and curious and, you know, your imagination is developed. Um, But also my father is a big sailor. And so from a very early age, you know, 
I was introduced to the ocean and, you know, similar to you, you know, had sailing lessons at a young age and the ocean was a big part of my life. My mother spent a lot of time in the Adirondack Mountains. And so I kind of had this like dichotomy of ocean and mountain um, from a very, very early year. Um, and I think I've really tried to hold on to that throughout my life. Um, I will say, I think a lot of my kind of darker, you know, lonely moments in life, the moments that I've had actually a lot of personal growth, nature's played a big role in that. Um, and even more recently, you know, I, I had a baby 19 months ago <laughs> um, and went through like some pretty serious postpartum depression and anxiety. The pandemic certainly didn't help, but um, I found that nature really helped me kind of come back to zero. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of always been this like constant Prozac in my life. <laughs> I am so with you on that. I call it my daily regrounding, whether it's like going outside and just taking in one intentional fresh breath of air, or my favorite thing that I've been doing for a while is getting up for sunrise and driving to the beach and just enjoying whatever the weather is, whatever the sunrise looks like that day. And it's just so fueling to feel connected to something that's so much greater and vaster and bigger than yourself, but also something that is so integral to just who we are as beings, you know? So was it just like sort of a natural draw during that time period or any of these time periods throughout your life that you just kind of found yourself in nature? Like, oh, this feels good. Or was it intentional? Is it like, would you call it like a quote practice or is it more just something that, um, you know, that you do to recharge? Like, how, how does that look for you? How does that happen? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I will say I love your rituals of, of going to see the sunrise. I definitely aspire to getting there <laughs> um, with my own rituals. But I think it's a little bit of practice, but also I, I have to say sometimes even desperation. So, you know, the moments where I feel just so overwhelmed and stressed with just the chaos of life, you know, having a baby and running a business and taking care of a home and, you know, all of those kind of realities of life and find myself. I mean, I will oftentimes have to force myself out of the house. Um, I've some sort of developed this like addiction to being busy and working and I really have to force myself to get outside and even just a long walk can mm. do wonders. Mm -hmm. So definitely a little bit of both. I wish it was a little bit more of a practice. Um, as of late, I'm trying to get there, but it's kind of just really been like my therapy when I know that I really need it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And I think it was maybe like a maybe a year and a half ago, maybe even like two and a half years ago, geez, with the pandemic, it's almost like add two years to whatever you're saying. <laughs> um, I, I had this moment where I was feeling really burnt out. I was feeling like I wasn't having the creative inspiration or energy that normally felt really flowing. I felt like I was just pushing to accomplish and do things. 
versus just enjoying and receiving and be being just in and steeping in my creative process. And I was out um, on a walk actually at Satuist Wildlife Refuge, which you know in, in, in Newport uh, or in Rhode Island, which is one of my favorite places. And when I was out on a walk there, it was like my creativity came flowing back. I like I stepped away from my computer out into nature and was like, I'm back. Like now I'm at baseline. And so I started calling it my nature office hours because at first it was really hard for me to quote, take the time to, you know, leave work and go out into nature. But what I found was when I, and you know, at first I felt like I really needed to schedule it in, like put it on the calendar, you know, 10 AM nature walk at Statuist and like hold myself to it. Cause that's what I needed at the time. And what I found was you know, the more time consistently that I allowed myself to take away from my computer into nature, the more time I actually felt like I had back when I got back to work because I was able to um, connect with what I was doing easier. I was more inspired. I was more clear headed. I didn't feel stressed. Um, my physical body wasn't stressed and tight and tense and, you know, in pain. I don't know about you, but I, I hold it all on my neck and my shoulders from typing and all that. So it, it really, um, I, I think in a lot of ways, that's where, you know, my more consistent practice kind of started was similar to you out of desperation. It was like, I, I need to escape. I need a break. I'm at the breaking point. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to go walk. And what I found was, you know, not just space for my computer, but it was like the fuel I needed for my work, which was, you know, such a mind blowing shift for me. And really something that I've been, as you know, um, cultivating over these past couple of years. And it's been a very interesting and humbling process for sure. <laughs> totally. And I think I, when I do make those efforts for myself, I try and check in with myself after the fact and, you know, reflect and say, gosh, you know, I did sleep better, you know, because I got some fresh air and I connected with nature. Gosh, I was more intuitive with just what I was consuming throughout the day. I was better hydrated. I think it really is so incredible. It's such a, well, it can feel like such a difficult act in just the haste of life to just get out the door and do it, but it truly is so simple and it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. At least I found it so powerful in that way. I want to, I want to talk about creativity a little bit more and transition into um, some of your process and how you work with clients and stuff like that. But first of all, Citrus and Cedars, yes. the name is beautiful. You've had it since day one. What's the story? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Oh, well, you know, it started as a good old fashioned blog um, many, many moons ago. And at the time it was really just kind of an out outlet for me, a creative outlet to blog and, you know, muse on topics that I genuinely was interested in. Uh, and it was really just kind of for myself to have. Um, and in terms of the name, you know, I, I love alliteration and I knew I wanted to work that in. And I also wanted it to be personal. So citrus is just kind of a nod to summertime and my love of summertime and the ease of the season and, you know, fresh produce and farmer's markets and sandy, sandy toes and, you know, that sort of essence. Um, and cedars is more specifically 
tied to these deep memories that I have with my grandparents. Um, they had this really special old Adirondack camp and the name of the camp was Cedarside. And it was surrounded by these beautiful cedar trees. And I had memories of, you know, sitting on the porch and watching thunderstorms roll through with my grandmother or, you know, the hummingbirds feed. And it was right on Lake Champlain. And so truly it was just kind of a specific nod to my time there in that on decks. I, I never knew that. I knew it was a blog. Yeah. I've known you since then, but I never knew this, the specific story behind each of those. And I knew it would be something more than just, it sounded nice or, yeah. nice. you know, you, cause I feel like you always have such a deeper, like you have a really true deep connection to your creativity, to your aesthetic, to your style, to everything you produce. Like I always can tell and can feel that it's very much you woven into it, not just, you know, something that looks and sounds nice. So I'm not surprised that there's such a heartfelt story behind that. Thank you. Yeah, I think I'm definitely an old soul and I like to, I want my life to be surrounded with meaning. And I tend to think that I'm sort of thoughtful in that sense. And yeah, definitely, definitely an old soul. And and so now Citrus and Cedars is, is sort of still very much a blog, but my consulting business, that that is really an extension of citrus and cedars and that is cnc consulting and i want to ask you a little bit more about how your creative process works i'm always so interested in that with creatives and creators um are there any processes or practices or kind of any specific even strategies that you do that you walk through in order to um have that sense of meaning when you connect to the essence of a client a new offering or an idea that you're creating um, I know your sort of tagline um, is that you're a partner in process. What, what does that mean? Yeah, well, so most of my clients are creatives. So by default, you know, a lot of the work that we do together is definitely creative and driven by creativity. However, I really kind of bridge the gap between creative and the operational. So I discovered very early on that there were a lot of creative people in the world that, you know, had sort of these, these visions and, and goals that they wanted to execute, but lacked the proper resources to help execute. And that requires someone that has an innate understanding of their own aesthetic and, um, there's sort of this initial developed trust between the two. And especially now with the pandemic, you know, hiring is so difficult. And so my work is really a partnership with the client. And typically they'll bring me on if they truly have, you know, a creative goal or vision to, to um, execute. And I'm the person that is truly just a really high level project manager. Um, but to your question about sort of the creative process, you know, I, I really, um, I really think it's just about going back to basics. You know, 
when my clients have a mission of, you know, developing a new offering or, you know, going about a creative project, I think it's so important to just kind of peel back the layers initially and ask why, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. why, why do you want to do this? Um, what is your intention? How is this going to potentially impact not only your business, but your life overall? Um, and I think sometimes that question can be so easily just skipped over because you get so caught up in making it happen and having the vision and wanting to see it come to life that I'm really able to walk the client through the diligence needed in order to get there. And I will say there, there are oftentimes we'll go through the diligence and that project might not happen because it's been this very kind of personal journey. And they discover that maybe it doesn't answer to some of those questions that we've worked through. So it really is about, going back to basics, I think. And, you know, especially with the pandemic, I think we've, we've gotten so selfish about our time in the best way possible. Hmm. And, you know, you kind of sit back and, and want to prioritize things like your family time a little bit more, or, you know, more time for, you know, connecting to nature, right? So really getting back to basics and asking why. And I love that you bring it back to the basics because I feel like when you ask why, when you remove the layers, you get to the truth, Mm. you get to the depth, you get to find the details, you get to learn something, you get to hear the story. And those are the things that I imagine are what are then going to really connect with people when you bring that project to fruition. Or like you said, you, you might realize Maybe it was a superficial idea, which is fine, but it doesn't have the depth or the meaning that's needed for it to be successful or, or for it to be aligned. You know, maybe then it's a pivot or a shift. Um, so I love that you say you just, you know, you bring it back to basics because I feel like it is so easy to just have an idea and run with it from level 100 versus like, well, where did this come from? What's the story behind the story behind the story? And that's often where like the gold is. Do you feel that way? I do. And I think quite frankly, that also helps support, you know, why I do what I do, because I think a lot of businesses, a lot of self-employed people get so entrenched in just the daily, you know, um, operations of their business and and the day-to-day that they really need someone like myself, a third party, an objective point of view to kind of pull them out a little bit and see sort of that 32,000 foot, you know, view. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do very much. And I love, I was looking at your website and I think maybe it was on your about page or something, but you mentioned that you're drawn to brands that move you through a sensory journey. And I, that, those were like words right out of my heart. Like I was like, that speaks to me. Um, I know what that means in my head and in my soul and how I, you know, I feel like in a lot of the work I do, that is essentially what I'm looking to elicit and create when either I'm walking someone through a meditation or creating a custom meditation for someone or, um, you know, doing different processes to help people connect to nature like that's the essence of it. And I feel like um, I, I want to maybe hear a little more from you about what that means to you, 
But I think that also speaks to the fact that I feel like um, from my perspective, um, the brands you work with, it seems that they're all so precisely aligned with your brand and your company and what you believe in and what you stand for. And I know it can be hard sometimes, um, or not hard, but it can be easy sometimes to either have a misaligned client or um, attract the wrong client because maybe you haven't done some of that delayering and, and why work maybe for yourself. Tell me more about what that means for a, for a brand to walk you through a sensory journey and, and how maybe um, that manifests in um, really having truly aligned clients. Mm, I love this question. I think, you know, I'm, I'm now in a place, I'm very grateful that I can be uber selective about the clientele that I take on. And that's really important to me that there is alignment. Um, I think, you know, experience and time will always be the ultimate luxury in life. It just will. And I think there's something in the world of competition, you know, that is so fierce and having a platform like Instagram, you know, where things are so easily consumed and can be so easily replicated. I think there's something so special about that sort of intangible, like je ne sais quoi, like the experience or that thing or that product that you have developed such an adoration for, but you can't quite put your finger on it, right? It has sort of like this secret sauce. Um, and I, I always go back to this article that I read. It's an older article. I want to say it's close to 20 years old. When I was living out on the West Coast, I was so taken by learning about the French Laundry, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. this iconic culinary institution. It's Thomas Keller's baby. You know, you wait years for reservations. It's typically an, an 18, 19 course, you know, dining experience. Um, and there was this article, I believe, in SF Gate that talked about, profiled the manager of the, of the restaurant and how... Their focus, of course, is clearly on an amazing culinary experience, you know, food and wine and all of the pleasure that's derived from that. But the manager of the restaurant, who was in charge of training the wait staff, brought in a choreographer. And she taught the wait staff how to sort of float around the room and around the table as you were serving dishes and really create this kind of elegant movement. And I think that's the example that I would cite because how amazing is that to have this incredible, almost the theatrical experience um, where it is sensory. It's about the food that you're eating, the music that's playing, the movement that's happening in the room. And I think that is the type of brand or experience that, that truly moves me. It, it, it gets to your soul. It gets to your heart. It gets to your brain. You know, it's intoxicating. Mm -hmm. um, so in my mind, you know, the brands and experiences that will last and will be, you know, aspired to, to consume 
are those that require a great deal of thoughtfulness and, 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 you know, elicit meaning for the consumer, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing that I know is always so important to you, which is exactly what you're saying are like the, the details. Mm. When I think of you, whether it's a dinner party that you're having or girls over for lunch or just probably you doing your own day up in Vermont, like the details of the way you move through your life and your business, you can tell really matter. And I think now I'm understanding more what that really comes down to and it's meaning and connection, right? So is there, you know, what is the way that if a brand or a company wants to be sure that they have that depth of connection, is it sort of that asking of questions and, and getting to the, you know, why, if you will, of, of that, that brand or that project, or are there any tangible ways or, or anything that might help someone get to a place where you're that connected to your, your brand or your, your offering? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the first questions that I ask a prospective client, you know, a new client would be, well, what are your guiding pillars? Mm-hmm. What, what drives, you know, how you do what you do? What's important to you? what is important for, for your customer to experience or absorb from your brand? And so I think just from the beginning, you know, back to basics, being really clear about who you are, what you stand for. And then, you know, the two other layers of that would be, you know, who you employ to have sort of on your team, to help kind of manage those expectations with your customers and kind of function as like this army of of a brand ambassador, right? Sharing the gospel (laughs) of your brand. And whether that trickles down to just proper training or, you know, frankly, even just your decorum with, you know, other consumers, um, other people that you work with, because as we all know, it only takes sort of that one bad experience, especially when you're starting out, uh, which can be helpful to learn from. But I would say, you know, who you employ. Um, and then photography. You know, I think so many brands come to me and you have to often be very lean and scrappy in the beginning. A lot of these businesses are sort of bootstrapped which is great. I'm all for it, but you have to be willing to make the investment in something like professional photography. Mm-hmm. In fact, I won't take on a client if they aren't prepared to make that investment. It is so incredibly important. It sets the tone for the image of the brand that you will be sharing with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so really those, those three things. That's super helpful. And I feel like, um, Things that are like you work with a lot of brands that are very beautiful and luxurious interior design, like really aesthetic focused. And I I feel like things that are beautiful and luxury are often placed in like a separate category from nature or that sort of sense of connection. Um, But I always feel like you seem to really embody a really graceful cross section uh, of those elements. Your style is very timeless and refined, but you also very clearly in my experience, but I think outwardly to everyone else too, have room for play and curiosity and even like a little bit of mischief. 
And I feel like nature is where we play, where we get curious and where mischief is welcomed. And um, there's, as you kind of said in the beginning, nature brings this sense of nostalgia or yesteryear. Like, do you, do you feel this way that there's sort of this natural cross-section within your brand and your process? Yes, I think there's definitely an intersection. I think the intersection is, is so necessary. Um, you know, even just thinking about my clients' work and again, kind of going to the interior design um, world, you know, when you shoot a, a project, if a designer has shot a, you know, a house that they've designed and we get to the phase where we're hiring the photographer, we're hi hiring the stylist, which is quite the expenditure to begin with. But oftentimes these really beautiful, and as you said, sometimes luxurious rooms come alive through photography with the help of floral. Mm. Uh, and it's, there's a reason why someone like a stylist has such an incredible value to, to an interior design photo shoot because they're able to often you know, bring in elements from outside, whether it's, you know, a bowl of beautiful artichokes or, you know, that sort of whimsical flower arrangement for a specific space. And yes, that, that evokes often a connection to the outside world. It humanizes the space. It can um, create sort of a whimsical, um, you know, beautiful essence. Um, so it's definitely, there's definitely an intersection and it's definitely highly prevalent in the creative world for sure. Ever since I've known you, you've, you've really been very, um, like grounded. I feel like in who you are and your vision of the things you, you like, the things that you do, the things you believe in, like, you know, even when we lived together in college, your room was curated with antiques and family heirlooms and DIY projects. You inspired me to do some of that. I remember spray painting some old wicker chairs that were from my grandparents' house, like a, like a matte black or something. And I'm sure that was inspired by you and painted a table. And, um, and like you, you've just always seemed to know what it is that's ahead of you. Um, so how has being grounded in yourself and your vision served you in starting your business, but then also growing it? And like, what has that evolution been like? And when there are like, do you ever feel there's points where you need to sort of touch in and make sure you're still on that vision? Um, and like, how do you navigate that? Mm. Well, I will start by saying I'm an Aries, so I'm very, <laughs> yes, I'm very headstrong about what I want and how I want it. And sometimes that can be a really good thing and oftentimes uh, perhaps not, but I've always been very headstrong about having my own business and kind of doing things on my own terms. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's, there's always kind of been this innate confidence there. Um, I can't quite really describe it, to be honest. I think I've also, I just tend to manifest things sometimes. Like if I really want to 
be somewhere with my business, whether it's a certain type of client or a certain type of project, or even just growth year over year, you know, I, there's no excuses. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do whatever's possible to get there. It's something actually that my husband and I talk a lot about because he also is self-employed and owns his own business. And you kind of just say yes and figure out how to do something. And those are the moments that I think bring the growth. Mm -hmm. Um, There was Tori Birch gave a commencement speech at um, my business school. And there was a line that she said in her speech that was about how don't do something every day with your business that doesn't scare you just a little bit, then it might prohibit you from growth. And I've always hung on to that a little bit. I think you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and be bold and brazen. You know, of course, make smart decisions and do the diligence to get there. But that's just kind of been my mentality. I've just gone after it. And I will say, I think, you know, starting out, you will make mistakes and you might not have the ideal client. I'm lucky now that I've, you know, grown and I can be, again, really selective about the clientele that I take on. I also think intuition is so powerful. And I think oftentimes it requires a little bit of that experience to remind yourself of how powerful it is. And it's something I talk to my clients quite a bit about too, you know, trusting yourself, trusting your gut. If there are red flags that you experience from the very beginning, don't ignore them. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, holding on to the touch points, creating the touch points, Meredith, I think those are my quiet moments, which are rare these days, but they're the moments where I do go for those walks. They're the moments where I can sit with a coffee table book that I've probably read 10 times over and over, um, you know, quiet moment, moment on the porch, you know, moments that I can check in with myself and just make sure that I'm, you know, on sort of a trajectory that I feel comfortable with. Mm. I love that you use the word, I love that you, you said that you manifest things well, mm. because first of all, I think the word manifest or manifestation kind of has a misunderstanding. Like, I don't think people really understand what it means or how, it, how it works. And I think the way you described it in who you are, how you function, and what you believe in, those pieces are what allow you to manifest the things that you want, right? It's like, you are such a visionary. You have a very clear vision. However, you also are ready to take the steps you need to do to get there. And if you don't know what they are, you'll figure them out. And you have the guiding vision, but you have the, the actual action to back it up you know, and I feel like, um, and, and with that as well, there's also the alignment piece. Are you doing the thing that you love that in your gut is right for you? Are you moving towards what, what you're attracted to, not just what you think you should be doing? Because if we do the action, we have the vision, but it's only from our brain, it might be a, you know, considered a good idea, but is it aligned in your heart and your soul and with your business? And if it's not, it's not going to work, right? It's not going to manifest. Or if it does, it'll manifest and you'll be like, 
right, this is, this is misaligned. And sometimes, like you said, you have to go through that process, especially early on when, when we're learning things. Um, but I feel like you articulated sort of that manifestation process for yourself really well in a way that is super tangible um, and actionable, but also, again, goes back to the basics of kind of knowing who you, who you are and why you're doing it. Um, because if that sort of alignment piece isn't there, I feel like that that's often where people have the shiny object syndrome and they go towards what they think is the right thing, what they think is going to look good, what they think is what people want to hear. Um, but it doesn't, it's not for them, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think you said it perfectly. Before we wrap up, is there, is there anything else you wanted to share? Anything on your heart or mind? Well, I think I just, I really respect this conversation. I think it's a really important conversation. And again, just so relevant for me in my life right now. I think it's almost been sort of like a, a dose of therapy, <laughs> just talking things out. Um, and I would just encourage people to, you know, make, make the effort, whether it's daily or weekly, to try and connect and reground, as you say, with nature, because it can be really powerful. You know, it's, and I need that reminder. You know, I, I love how it's become this vehicle for my family as of late where, you know, we go up North and we can take a hike together. Um, we can snowshoe together and it serves as sort of this really wonderful canvas of, you know, beauty and, and meaning in a world that can sometimes feel, gosh, <laughs> so chaotic <laughs> as of late. Um, but I'm, I'm really exciting. I, I think this conversation really recharged me in a way. Mm. I'm looking forward to spring and summer and planting my garden and, and, you know, continuing to be connected and regrounded. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed this conversation so much. I adore you, as you know. Um, and where can people connect with you? How can people work with you? Yes. So um, website is citrusandcedars.com and Instagram is also Citrus and Cedars. Awesome. So I like to end with a few rapid fire nature inspired questions. Ooh, okay. Let's do it. Sunrise or sunset? Ooh, sunrise. Me too. Underwater or on the ground? Underwater. Stargazing or sunbathing? Stargazing. A colorful landscape or earth tones? Earth tones. And I know this one's gonna be hard for you. The coast or the mountains? This is definitely hard, Meredith. <laughs> Rhode Island or Vermont? <laughs> I will probably go with the coast because there's just nothing better than having like that salty hair and the sort of whiplash of the ocean for that first swim in the summer. And uh. it just brings me such joy. So I'm gonna go with the coast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was so lovely, lovely to chat with you. This was so fueling and recharging for me too. I get so inspired by talking to people like you. Um, and it was just really good to chat. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Meredith. It's so fun. I really appreciate it. I want to invite you to an upcoming event, Nature Nidra for Connection and Creativity. This is a free online experience with me, 
to guide you back to yourself through nature. Yes, it is going to be soothing, relaxing. You're going to feel connected. It's happening Wednesday, March 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to do a live nature nidra regrounding meditation and this visualization is going to calm your nervous system and help you connect with your innate creativity. We're going to talk about what regrounding is, my seven touch points into nature, cultivating your connection, and I'm going to share with you a sneak peek at my new live offering, Nature as Ceremony. I'm really excited and I hope to see you there. You can sign up at bit.ly slash nature nidra. That's bit.ly slash n-a-t-u-r-e N-I-D-R-A. <laughs> and if you didn't get that, I'm adding it to the show notes so you'll be able to find a link there and I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Daily Regrounding Podcast. If you loved it, I would be so grateful for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening as well as share with a friend. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, meredithewinson.com and have a look at my current nature-inspired meditation, mindfulness, and movement offerings. I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram at Meredith Ewinson. Thanks again for listening. And remember, with just one breath, one moment of awareness, or one step into nature, you can reground back to you.